Masechet Pesachim has been dedicated by Mr. Ike J. Shehebar in honor of his grandparents, Mr. Ike and Jeanette Bibi. We bless Mr. Ike Shehebar, who's been a sponsor of the Dafyomi for many uh, days. They should continue to enjoy success, health, and happiness. May his grandparents also enjoy much nachat from him as well as all their grandchildren and may they only share in semachot for the entire family. Amen. Daf Chavav. Today's daf has been sponsored by Mr. Sam Dome in honor of the rabbi, the scale of mitzvot Sam. Today's daf has been dedicated to Rafael ben Miriam and Avraham ben Esther. Ruach Hashem Tanihem Eden. Amen. Today's phone hookup has been sponsored by Mr. Joe Chira. As we broadcast this morning, 36,000 feet in the air, on the way to Eris Israel, Be'azrat Hashem, Barak Shemo. The scale of mitzvot Joe Chira for your generosity in making this phone call possible. We are starting on Daf Kafheh Amud Bet, and we are three, four, five, six, seven, eight lines from the bottom. Starting with the words Ika de Amre. And the Gemara says, Ika de Amre, there is another version. Now, let's just review what we were talking about until now. Until now, till we got to this version, we're discussing a case of where something is Isur Hana'ah. And according to the first version that we learned on the last daf, if the person had options, for example, he walked down the street and there was the rayah of Abu Dazara. Somebody was bringing a incense to Abu Dazara. Now, of course, one is not allowed to inhale and smell it because he's being near from Abu Dazara. So the Gemara over there said that. If let's say a person had another option, which means he had another route, he did not have to walk down that block, that's called ifshar, meaning ifshar, he had a possibility to walk down a different street. And he still went down that street where the Abu Dazara was, and he had kavana. so everybody says that is asur, because he has two things against him. Number one, he could have went down a different street, ifshar, and number two, he had kavana to be neheneh. But what about a case where it was Efshar, meaning he had other options, but he was lo mikavin, he didn't have kavana. So there we had a mahlokit Abaye and Rabbah. Abaye said that that's indeed a mahlokit between Rabbi Shimon and Rabbi Yehuda. The famous mahlokit of Davar She'en Mitkaven that we learned in Masechet Shabbat. According to Rabbi Shimon, Rabbi Shimon says Davar She'en Mitkaven Mutar. So therefore since this guy, even though he had other options, he could have walked down another block, but he chose to walk down the block of the Abu Dazara, even though he had Kavana, um, since he did not have Kavana, again, since he did not have Kavana, it's Davar She'en Mitkaven Mutar. Whereas according to the Biuda, the Biuda says the Vashi'in Mitkaven Asur. And therefore, in that case, the Biuda would say as well that it would be Asur for him to walk down that block, even though he was not Mitkaven. That's the way Abayel learned. Rava said, no. According to everybody, Ben the Biuda, Ben the Bishimon, even though uh, it was no Mechaven, even the Bishimon is going to say Asur. Why? Because as we learned, when 
did Rabbi Shimon, according to Rabbah, when did Rabbi Shimon say that's only that's only for example let's say it was a big bench for example in the case of Shabbat we were talking about dragging a bench well he said since you're not mitkaven to make a furrow it's okay but that's only because there's no option there's no way to lift a big bench but even the Bishamon would agree if it was a small bench where you have an option to lift it even though you're not mitkaven doesn't matter it's a sukkah she had an option so here since it was ifshad since he could have went down a different block with Abu Dazara, I could have went down a different block, and even though we did not have Kavana, according to the Bishamon, it is going to be Asur. That's the way the first version learned. Now we're going to learn the second version, and we begin. Ika de Amre. Ifshar, in a case where is Ifshar, meaning he had a different route to take by the Abu Dazara, and he did not have kabana, meaning he did not have kabana to smell the Abu Dazara, Hainu Peluktayu, the Rabbi Yudah, the Rabbi Shimon. According to this version, everybody agrees, Ben Abaye, Ben Rabah, that this is the Mahloket between the Rabbi Shimon and the Biuda. Meaning, Ifshar, Velo Mechaven, everybody will hold. According to the Rabbi Shimon, he is is mutab uh, and according to the biyuda it is asur so that right away is one difference between the first version and the second version according to the second version everybody holds that when a person was ifshar but he did not have kavana so that's makhluk the bishimon and the biyuda now next case lo ifshar if let's say he did not have any other option, that was the only road he could take. And also, he has another thing going for him. He did not have In that case, everybody will say it is indeed mutar. So where is the machloket between Abayen Rabah? Kipaligi de lo efshar the Mahlok is going to be in a case where he had no options that was the only block he can go down but he had Kavana and according to the Bishamon the Azil Batar Kavana the Bishamon's main criteria is Kavana or no Kavana after all the Bishamon's opinion is is mutar, but if he was mitkaven, that's going to be asur. So according to the Bishamon, that bases his whole opinion around kavana. So lo the asur. So everybody's going to hold what that if a person he went down the block. He had no options, but since he had kavana, everybody will agree in that case. According to the Bishamon, since he had kavana, it is going to be asur. So where is the machloket? Kipeligi alibad Rabbi Yehuda. The machloket is going to be according to the opinion of Rabbi Yehuda. Damad lo shena mitkaven velo shena she'en mitkaven. Rabbi Yehuda doesn't make a difference to him. Eno mitkaven and mitkaven is the same. Both are asur. But let's review for a second. Ifshad, Gemara says, Ifshad Asur. When did Rabbi Yehuda say that it is Asur only in a case Be'ifshad? Let's review according to this Ika de Amre. According to this Ika de Amre, we said, Kotrelashon Sheni, whereas Ifshad. 
then already, since he had other options, it was then that the Biuda said, Lomit Kaven is Asur. Because it was Efshar, because he had options. However, Abaye Kedabi Yehuda. Abaye is going to say what? That according to Rabbi Yehuda, in a case of Lo Efshar, according to Biuda, it is going to be Mutar. Because again, according to this version, true that Biuda holds that there is no difference between Dabar She'en Mitkaven and Dabar She'en Mitkaven. Both are Asur. But we see according to this version that Rabbi Yehuda was only Osir maybe in the case of Ifshar. However, in the case of Lo Ifshar, Abaye wants to say even though he had Kavana, it is still going to be Mutar according to the Biyuda. Again, that is a big Hidush. Meaning, since the guy did not have any other option, Abaye is going to say, Lo Ifshar, since he did not have any option, even according to the Biyuda, it is going to be Mutar even if he had Kavana. Now again, that is the stunning Hidush of this version. And I repeat it again, that Rabbi Yehuda, according to Abaye, is only going to say Asur in a case where it's Ifshar, where he had other options. In that case, he doesn't make a difference between Kabana and not Kabana. Because the main factor, according to Rabbi Yehuda, is what? Ifshar. He had other options. But if he didn't have other options, Lo Ifshar, according to Abaye, even if he had Kavana to be Nene, he is going to be Matir. That's the way Abaye learns. Rabba says, nothing doing. Which means, Rabbi Yehuda only said that an en mitkaven is going to be like a mitkaven, meaning we're going to treat it strictly lehumrah. Meaning, in a case where it was Ifshad, he had other options, even an Eno Mitkaben is going to be considered a Mitkaben, and therefore it's going to be Asur. However, Aval, Mitkaven, Kishe'en Mitkaven, Likula, Lo. But to make a Mitkaven, like an En Mitkaven, meaning to make a case of Mitkaven Mutar, never said it. Because the Bihuda only says a Eno Mitkaven is Mahmir like a Mitkaven, but he never went the other way to say mitkaven is going to be mutar like an eno mitkaven and therefore according to Rabbah the basic thing that we have to understand he argues on Abaye and he says no according to Nabi Yehuda in a case where it was uh, lo ifshad where even in a case where it was lo ifshad if he had kabanat to be nene according to Nabi Yehuda it is going to be asur now again, I want to review this Mahlok bin Abayyan Rabbah, because as long as we understand this point of Mahloket, then we will understand all the rest of the Gemara, because this is really the whole sugya analyzing this Mahlok between Abayyan Rabbah. So I will repeat it one more time. According to Abayyan, and according to Rabbah, the Mahloket is specifically in this one case. Where the fellow is lo ifshar, meaning he had no options. There was no other street for him to walk down, lo ifshar. So he went down the street and he had kavana to be nehene. 
Abaye's Hidush is that even according to the Bihuda Mutar, because the Bihuda is only Mahmid in the case of Ifshar, where he had other options. Then he says Enumit Kaven is going to be Asur. But if he didn't have any other options, even Mitkaven is Mutar according to Abaye. That's the Hidush. Rabbah says no. Even in that case, since the guy was not mitkaven, and the biyuda holds, eno mitkaven is always lehumrah, and therefore in this case as well, it is going to be asur. So that is the point of Mahloket. In the case of lo efshar, vecha mechaven, alibad rebiyuda. According to Abaye, it's going to be mutar. According to Rabbah, it is going to be asur. Now the Gemara is going to be proofs for each opinion. Amar Abaye, Abaye says, Mina amina la. Where do I know this from? That what? That according to the Bihuda. If it's an Efshar case, even if you met Kaven, it's going to be Mutar, the Tanya, because we have a Braita. Amru Alab Alaban Yohanan ben Zakai. They tell over about Aban Yohanan ben Zakai. Shaya Yoshev Bitsilo Shelechal. He used to sit by the shade of the Hechal. In the Beta Megdash, they had the Hechal. The Hechal was very tall, and therefore it casted a very long, or very wide ranging shade. Rabbi Hanan ben Zakai used to give Shi'ur in front of thousands of Talmidim. So they needed a big area. So he specifically gave the Shi'ur outside the Hechal in order they could enjoy the shade when he was giving the Shi'ur. And he gave the Deraj the whole day. Now, the assumption here is that really one is not allowed to benefit from the Hechal. After all, the Hechal is Kodesh. The Ha-Haka de Lo-Efshar. In this case, Obeir was Lo-Efshar. There was no other option where to be Yohanan to give the Shi'ud. He needed to give the Shi'ud in this place because it was a very wide open area for the Talmidim to sit. So it's a case of Lo-Efshar, Umechaven. And clearly he had Kavana to enjoy the shade of the Echal. Veshare, and we see was permissible, proof positive to the opinion of Rabbi Yehuda, that in the case of law Ifshar, where he's having, even where he's having Kabana, it is Mutar. That's Abayah's proof. The Rava Amar, Rava says no. Shani Hechal Diltocho Asui. Rabak comes along and says, No, the Hechal is different because the only place where you're not allowed to be Nehene in the Hechal is in the inside of the Hechal. But outside of the Hechal, the shade of the walls of the Hechal, there's no Yisur at all. Therefore, even though he has Kabanat to be Nehene, it is not going to be Asur. So Rabah refutes Abayir's proof. Amarava, Mina, Amina. Now Ravad comes along and says, where do I know my shita from? That what? That in a case of lo efshar, where he has kavana to be nehene, the Yehuda is going to say, asur. Where do we know this from? From the following statement. Ditnan, we have a mishnah. Lulin hayu pituchin ba'aliyat bet kodesh kodashim. 
over the Kodesh Kodeshim, there was like skylights. There were windows that had openings. What did you need these openings over the Kodesh Kodeshim? Shebahen Mishalshelin Umanim, because they used to lower the craftsmen through the skylights of the Kodesh Kodeshim, betevot, in boxes. They used to put the craftsmen in a box, and they would lower him down through the roof of the Kodesh. Why? In order that they should not benefit from looking at the walls of the Kodesh Kodeshim. Meaning, sometimes the Kodesh Kodeshim needed repair work. So they had to send in Ummanim, craftsmen, either to fix the walls or do the repairs. Now, the Hachamim were concerned that they did not want these craftsmen to look around at the Kodesh Kodeshim and benefit from the Hana'ah of looking at the Kodesh Kodeshim. You're not allowed to benefit. That's Isur Hana'ah. So what did they do? They made a three-walled box. And they would put him in the box, lower him into the skylight, so his eyes were only focused on the wall that he was fixing. Now that wall, he wasn't having Kabanat to be Nehene, because he was involved in fixing it. But what do you see from over here? This is a case where there's no other the options. The only way uh, is to go in the Kodesh Kodeshim to fix it. And you see what? That if he would have Kavanat to be it indeed would be Asur. That's why they demanded him to make a box with three sides in order that he should not Mechavin. So what do you see over here? That since they required him to make a box, so he cannot see the other three walls of the Kodesh, even though it's no ifshad, because if there was no walls, they would be mechavein in the case of no ifshad, and it's asur. That's why you need the walls. So therefore, Rabbah brings a proof that while in the case of no ifshad, with kabana, it is indeed asur. So Abayir comes along back and says, V'tizbera. Does that make sense? V'ha amar bishimon bin pazi, amar biyoshua bin nevi mishum bar kapara. So what are you talking about? There is no such thing as being nehene and being over isurana or mi'ila of using the call, meaning if one enjoys the songs, let's say, of the Leviim, which is Kodesh, there's no isur in mi'ila of enjoying just by hearing something. For that matter, there's no isur in mar'eh. Looking at something is not considered mi'ila as well. And smelling. So therefore, ask yourself another question. If there's no mi'ila at all by looking, what in the world did they necessitate to make this box in the first place? Ella, this was just a humrah that the rabbis made in the Kodesh Kodashim that they didn't want them looking at the walls. So this has nothing to do with Hana'ah. Which means, don't bring me this a proof over here that what? Where you have an Isur Hana'ah that they're telling you and if you were Mechabin it's going to be Asur. This over here is Stam Humran the Kodesh Kodashim. Because really there's no Isur at all to gaze or to look at something that is Kodesh. And they just made a Humrah. So they will, again, Rabbah, have no proof. Comes again when brings a different version. Some say Amar Again, Rabbah is trying to prove his point. Mina Amin Allah. How do I know? Meaning, how do I know that what? In a case where it's law ifshad. And what? 
he's having kabanat to be nene. How do I know it's going to be asur according to the biudah? Detanya, because we have a brighter. Amar Rabbi Shimon ben Pazi, Amar Rabbi Yosho ben Nevi, Mishum bar Kapara. Kol umar ever When it comes to hearing something of kodesh, for example, the songs of the Levim, umar e looking at something that's kodesh, vereyah smelling something that's kodesh. For example, the ketoret and bahem Mishum meila. There is no me'ila, meaning if one benefited from these things, he would not have to bring a korban me'ila. So the rabbi makes a diyuk, me'ila hu deleka. All right, you're not going to be hayat me'ila of using kodesh that's going to subjugate you to bring a korban. Ha isura ika. Oh, but what? Isur it is. And what are we talking about? My love, le'otana omdim bifnim. And we must be talking about what? The Kohanim that are inside the Beit HaMikdash and the Levim that are inside the Beit HaMikdash De Lo Efshad where they have no option because they're in the Beit they have to be in the Beit HaMikdash the Kamechaven and the Gemara saying if they would have Kavanah to be Nene from these things the Asur and it's Asur so you see from this statement over here the Kohanim that are in the Beit HaMikdash or the people that are in the Beit HaMikdash that have to be there and still what is it saying even though they might not be Me'ilah by these things but there is an Isud. And what? If they're going to have Kavana, clearly it says Asud. Kavana says, Lo, Leotana Omdim Bahuts. We're not talking about the people that are inside. Really, the people inside, even if they were Mechaven, it would be Mutar. This is specifically talking about to the people that are outside. Meaning, the people that are outside, there's no Me'ila on them. But there's going to be an Isur. However, the people inside the Beit HaMikdash, there's not even an Isur. So therefore, even according to this version, Rabbah does not have a proof. Because the people inside the Beit HaMikdash, even if they have Kavana, it is not going to be Asur. And that Gemara that says Isur is only Le'omdim Bahuts. Only for those people that are standing outside the Beit HaMikdash that hear the Levi'im, uh, uh, etc. and smell and see, that's going to be an Isur. Hamza Gemaran says, Gufa, now we're going back to a subject that we just mentioned. Basically we're saying that what? There's no by call, by a voice of Hekdesh, that would be like the Levi'im songs. Umar E looking at something that's Kodesh, Vereyach and smelling. So the Gebra asked the question, Vereyach and Bamishum Me'ila? Is that so? That there is no Me'ila by Reyach? The Atanya, we have a Braita. A person that goes privately and makes the ketoret. The ketoret was the 11 spices that used to be made and brought in the Beit HaMikdash on a daily basis. Let's say a fellow goes on his own and he makes his own ketoret. So the Gemara says, He does it in order to learn how to do it, meaning he's practicing or his intention is to give it to the Sibur in order to use so the Gemara says in that case Patur 
he is going to be patur from karet. Because the Torah does tell us one is not allowed to make ketoret if he's doing it for personal benefit. For example, to smell it, to enjoy the aroma. But in this case over here, if the only purpose of his making the ketoret is either to practice to learn how to do it, or to give it to the sibur, so he's going to be exempt from the karet. But if his intention is meaning to smell it, that's why he's making, he wants to enjoy the aroma, hayav. So then, he is going to be hayav karet. Patur. And somebody that smells it, meaning if he made it to the sibur, and he smells it, he's going to be patur from karet and khatat. Because again, the only time he's hayat karet is if he made it specifically with the intention to smell it. In this case, Amariyah Bapatur, he made it to give to the Sibur. And then he smelled it after, so in that case, he's going to be patur from the karet. However, El Hashemahal, but it is indeed Me'ila, which means in any case, the guy smells the ketoret, the aroma of it, he is going to be hayav me'ila. Now, the karet, it depends. The karet is only, he gets a karet if he made the ketoret with specific intent to have hana'ah. But if he made the ketoret either to practice or to give it to the sibur, in that case, no karet. However, in all cases, if he smells the ketoret for hana'ah, there is me'ila. Hi, what do you mean? You just told me that what? You just told me that there is no me'ila by by rayah. Now you're telling me there is me'ila by rayah. So make up your mind. So the Gebarah says, Really, when it comes to call, when it comes to voice or sound, and for that matter, uh, looking at something of Kodesh, because there is no substance to a voice, to a sound, or there is no substance to a visual. Oh, and the ketoret after let me explain how this works the ketoret they would bring it how would they bring it they would they would put a fire to it and the smoke would go up like a stick if the smoke would go up the mitzvah is over if somebody would smell the ketoret after after the smoke would go up since the mitzvah is over and that's what the rabbi Bar Kapara was talking about when he said he was talking about that if somebody would smell the ketoret after the smoke bellowed up and then he enjoyed the smell after the cloud of smoke went up however and the reason is why since the mitzvah was done so let's just review that again the Gemara basically is the stira there is no by Rayah. We had another statement that said, if somebody smells the ketoret, he indeed is over, me'ila. Kemara's answer, it depends when he smells it. If he smells it while the smoke is going up, 
like a stick, the smoke would go up straight to Shamayim. At that point, the mitzvah is being done. Indeed, there is a me'ira. But Kapara was talking about after the initial smoke went up, if then he smells it, there will be no me'ira. So comes the Gemara and says, this implies that what? That after the mitzvah is done, there is no me'ila. So the Gemara says, Lememra, you mean to tell me, Does this mean to say that once the mitzvah is done, there is no more me'ila? And your proof is from the Ketoret, that once the Ketoret is brought, the initial smoke goes up, and then he smells it, there's no me'ila. Gemara says, wait, When it comes to the mitzvah, what is the mitzvah? The Mizbeach used to burn Korbanot all night long. The first service of the Kohen in the morning when he would come to the Beit HaMikdash was to take the ashes that were on the Mizbeach and he would collect them and he would place them on the floor next to the Mizbeach. So it says, The collecting of the ashes of the Mizbeach. The Na'asit Mitzvata. If you collect them and place them in the Azara next to the Mizbeach, even after you did the mitzvah, the Torah says you're not allowed to benefit from the ashes. Torah says you place the ashes next to the mizbeah. What do we learn from there? Number one, they have to be in a pile. You cannot scatter them. And you must place them. In teaching us that what? You cannot have Hana'ah. So you see from what? That even after the mitzvah is over, you cannot have Hana'ah. So therefore, maybe we should learn from Tirumat Nadeshin to all other mitzvot, that even after the mitzvah is done, still it should be Isur to be Nene. So the Gibbara says, no. Mishum da'avu Tirumat Nadeshin u'bekhdeh ke'unah shnei ketuvim eva'im ke'echad. Because we have another pasuk by the clothes of the Kohen Gadol. That's called Bigdeh ke'unah. And what does it say by the clothes of the Big Dek It's going to tell us that after he finishes wearing them, they become Asur Bahana'a. So you see two examples. Turumat and after the Mitzvah is over, it's Asur Bahana'a. And you see the clothes of the Kohen, after he finishes wearing them, they are Asur Bahana'a. That's called Shnei Ketuvim Abaim Kehad. You have two Pesukim that are basically teaching you the same point. That after the Mitzvah is over, there's Isur Bahana'a. Now we have a rule, and I read in the Gemara. Vechol Shnei Ketuvim Abaim Whenever you have two Pesukim that are teaching you the same thing, the Torah is coming to tell you that only these two cases and not anything else. And therefore, since the Torah specifically said it by two cases, by Trumat Adeshin and Big Dekeona, it could have just said it by one case and we could have learned everything from that one case. Since it's, it's spoken out by two cases, the Torah is telling you only these, only these two cases is a Surbana after the Mitzvah is over. But every other case... Now, where are the two Pesukim? We quoted already. That even after you placed it, it is Asur. What's the Pesuk of the Bidei Kuna? That after the Kohen takes off the Bidei Lavan, the white clothes that he wears on Yom Kippur, he places them there. Meaning, From here we learn that what? That he has to place them in Geniza. So what do you see? Two 
specific mitzvot that the Torah delineates Isur Hana'ah after the mitzvah. But every other mitzvah, after it's done, like the Ketoret, Mutar Le'anot. So the Gemara says, Hani Rabbanan Yeah, that's good according to the opinion that says, Sham by the close of the Queen Gadol is teaching us what? That they become indeed Asur Be'anan, therefore you have to put them in Genizah. El Rabdosah, Alayu, but according to the Bidosa, that learns from Behini Hamsham something else. The Amar, Abal Reuin Hen, the Kohen Idiot, he says, no, the Kohen Gadol might not be able to wear them again, but a regular Kohen is able to wear those clothes again. So you see what? They're still Mutar, Umay Behini Hamsham, and what is Behini Hamsham teaches that you have to leave them there? Shelo Yishtamesh Ben Yom Kippur Imacher. That what? It only teaches that the Kohen cannot use them on another Yom Kippur, but a Kohen Idiot can wear them. Oh, so it comes out that what? You only have one pasuk of Tirumat Edition. And therefore, if you have one pasuk by Tirumat Edition that tells you that even after the mitzvah Sasur we should learn from Tirumat Edition to the rest of the Torah that in all cases, even after the mitzvah is over, it should be Isur to be Nehene. And therefore, it should be Asur as well after the Ketorah was brought to be Nehene. Because now you only have one pasuk according to Nevdosa. What are you going to say? So the Gemara answers, Mishum Dabi, Tirumat Edition, Ve'igla Arufa, Shnei Ketuvim Be'im Ke'ehad. Now we have another Pasuk. We have Tirumat Edition and Igla Arufa. Let's review what the case of Igla Arufa is. The Torah tells us that if they find a dead body, in Eretz Israel, in between two cities, and they don't know uh, where the murderer is, so they measure to the closest city, and the cl- that closest city, the Beti must bring an Igla Arufa. They must bring a certain uh, type of calf at a certain place and slaughter it as Kapara. And the Torah clearly says that what? Even after the Igla Arufa is slaughtered, the Mitzvah is done, it is still Isur Hana'ah. And therefore, we have two Pesukim, and therefore, since it's two Pesukim that teach us the same thing, it teaches only by those cases and not by other cases. So the Gabbara says, wait, yeah, that's good according to the opinion that says when you have two Pesukim that teach you the same thing, you cannot apply to any other case in the Torah. But there is an opinion that says what? <coughs> you can be melamet other cases in the Torah, even though you have to prescribe. So what are you going to say? So the Gemara says now, In those two pesukim, it clearly excludes everything else. How? When it comes to the Big Day Kona, the Pasu clearly says, Vesamo, you will place it. Meaning, it is placed, I'm sorry, by the ashes of the Terumat Edition. The Torah says, Vesamo, you will place the ashes. Only the ashes are placed and become Asur. Mashma, everything else, Mutar. And when it comes to the Igla Arufa, it also says, Ha'arufa. And what do we learn from Ha'arufa? Ha'arufa teaches us only the Igla Arufa and nothing else. So therefore, even according to the opinion that says, when you have two Pesukim that teach us the same thing, you can learn to the rest of the Torah. But since in these two Pesukim, clearly there's exclusion words. And what are those exclusion words? The exclusion words are Ha'arufa and the Pasuk of... And the Pasuk of Vesamo. And the Gemara continues. And the Gemara continues. Tashema. 
So let's just conclude what we just said in the last sugya. Bottom line, the last sugya is telling you that only the case of Turmat Adeshin and the case of only the case of Turmat Adeshin and the case of in those cases they remain Isur even after the Mitzvah but you cannot learn to all other cases either because it's Shneer Pesukim Habaim Kehad and Emelamidim to the rest of the Torah or even according to the opinion that says you do Melamed when you have two Pesukim but since there's exclusionary words in these Pesukim so they were only these two cases the Gemara continues Tashema come and listen Hichnisa L'Rivka Let's say a person took the Igla Arufa. The Igla Arufa, which is Isur Hana'a. He went and he attached it to a pair or a group of animals. That was the custom in the olden days. They would take animals and they would pair them together. So he took this Igla Arufa, which is Isur Hana'a, and he attached it to a group of animals. That's called the Rifka. Vedasha, and incidentally, when it was attached to these animals, so it started to thresh wheat. Now we have a problem with that because Igla Arufa is not allowed to do any work. If it does work, it becomes Pasul. But in this case, it says Keshira. Because since the fellow that put it in the Rifka was not Mitkaven for the animal to thresh, so therefore it's Eno Mitkaven, therefore it is permissible. The, I mean, the animal is still Keshira. However, if he put it in the Rifka, in the group of animals, in order that it could nurse, meaning I guess its mother was there with it, and therefore he placed it there specifically so it could nurse from its mother, and his kavanah was also for it to thresh, it is going to be pisula. Ah, so Rava now comes along and he brings a proof. In this case, it's no ifshad. He has no choice. He has to put it in the rifka in order for his animal to nurse. So he has no options. And when he has kabanat to be dash, what does it say? Vikatani pisula. So you see what? Back to our original uh, rule. That according to Rava, according to the Bihuda, even with the law of Shad, if you have Kabana, it's going to be Asur. That's why in this case, it was law of Shad by the Eglad Ufa. You had to put it in the Rifka for the animal to nurse. You have no option. But still what? If you were Mechaven to work it, it is indeed going to be Asur. Uh, proof to Rava. Kemarayin says, no, Shani Atam. No proof. It's different over there. Dikhtiv Asher lo Ubadba Mikol Makom. By Igla Arufa, it's a special deen. We learn from Igla Arufa, from the fact that it says in the Torah, Lo Ubadba, it doesn't mean that you did not work it. If it said Lo Avadba, it would mean only if you worked it Bayadaim actually. But from the fact that the Pasuk says Ubadba, Ubadba is mashma, that what? Even if any type of work the animal endured any type of work, even if it happened by itself, is going to be asur. Which means this has got nothing to do with kabana or not kabana. The Torah says any which way the animal worked is going to be asur. So therefore the case of Igla Arufa is different. It's not the kabana issue. Even without kabana lekaura, it should be asur. So the Gemara asked that question. Well, if that's the case, then Igla Arufa becomes pasur regardless how it worked. So even in the first case, it should be asur. In the first case, he placed it in the Rifka. And what was his intention? His intention was for it to 
just to uh, place it in the Rifka, not for, uh, uh, for, for, for threshing. So why is it Kishira? If you tell me Lo'ubad means it's Asur in all cases, why in the Risha, when he didn't have Kabana, it's going to be Asur? So the Gemara says, and we turn to the Amud Bet. So the case is analogous to what we learned by Para Aduma. Let's learn the case by Para Aduma, which is the source incidentally of Igla Arufa, and then we'll see how it applies. The case is like this. Shachan if let's say by Para Aduma, the animal is not allowed to work, and no work is allowed to be done to the animal, to the Para Aduma. So let's say Shachan a bird came and rested on the Para Aduma. Keshera. That's okay. Mutar. It's not considered working. But let's say a male went on the paradma to mate pesula. It is indeed pasul. So the Gabbana says, what do you mean? What's the reason? In both cases, the guy didn't do anything. He didn't do it biyadayim. It just happened by itself. So why when a bird flies on its back and sits on its back, it's not considered working? That the animal is carrying a load, it's not considered asul. But when the male uh, rises on the animal to mate, it is asur. So he says, Amar Papa. So he says like this. Iketiv Avad. Now, the Torah does write the word by Paraduma Asher Lo Avadba. That it cannot be worked. The word Avad is spelt Ayin Bet Dalad. That's the way it is spelt in the Torah. So the Gemara is giving us some options now. Iketiv Avad. If the Torah had written it Avad like it has done. Vekarina and Avad, and we would have read it Avad, which would mean what? That you actually have to work the animal physically, biyadayim. Adavid ba'iu. Then you're right. It would only be asur until you actually do something, not if it works by itself. Now, ikatif ubad. If the Torah would have written ubad, vekarina and ubad, and you would have read it ubad, afidu memela nameh. Even we would learn from the oh, even something that happened by itself would be asur because ubad is mashma itself. But here when it comes to Paraduma, we have a double thing. It's written Abad, but we read it Ubad. So what do we learn from there? Ubad Dumyad the Abad. That the Ubad, the, the, the work that's done by itself is going to be similar to working it yourself. In what sense? Just like when one works the animal himself. He's interested, he's, he wants it. So to when the animal is worked by itself, it's only going to be in a certain case where it's nihale. Now let's go apply it. In the case where the bird went on the animal's back, the owner is no nihale. It's ubad. Yes, it is ubad. It happened by itself, but it's not dumya de abad because he does not. He's not interested that the bird fly on its back or the chicken fly on its back. He has no benefit from that. But in the case where the animal started to mate, even though it happened by itself, in that case the guy is happy because it's mating and get more animals. So therefore it's ubad dumya de abad, and therefore since that is true. By the same thing is similar to the case of which is the source of that Isud. And therefore, let's go back to the Arufa. In the Arufa case, we learned in the Braita that said what? If he put it in the Rifka. Just to put it in the Rifka, not for threshing purposes. So, this case over here, if the animal did thresh, 
it happened by itself. That's why it's going to be Kishira. But if he put it in there and it he had Kabanat to thresh, so that is going to be Asu. So in the first case, the reason why it's Kishira is because it happened by itself and therefore it's Lo Nihale. Since it's Lo Nihale, it's Ubad Baba Lo Damya Le Avad. However, in the second case where he had Kabanah, so that's going to be Asur. Comes the Gemara and continues. Ta'ashema. Rabbah continues to bring proofs for his shita. Avedah. A person found, let's say, a lost object. An Avedah. What is the deen? The Torah says, or the Halakha says, Lo yishtahena. You cannot hang it or lay it out lo al not on your bed velo al magod nor can you hang it on a peg litsurko if you're doing it for your benefit meaning let's say you want to show off that you have nice vessels that his vessel is not yours you're not allowed to benefit from a lost object that doesn't belong to you and start hanging it up in your house in order to enjoy the compliments and enjoy the praises of people that's considered stealing so therefore if you're doing it for your purposes you cannot hang it up but if you're doing it for the purpose to stop the um, the lost object from becoming let's say eaten by moths or decaying, so therefore the custom was to hang it out, to air it out, so then it's permissible that surka al gabe mita va al gabe magod. Good. So you can hang it. So the difference is by an aveda. If it's for your benefit, you can't hang it up. If it's for the benefit of the aveda, it is permissible. Now, this damnula or let's say the guy has guests that come over to his house. Lo yishtaqenna. In this case, he cannot spread it out. Lo al gabe mita velo al gabe magod. Nor can you place it on a peg. Ben litzurka, ben litzurko. Whether it's for your benefit, to show off, or it's for the even for the benefit of the Aveda, so it doesn't ruin. Uh, so what do you see from over here? This is a case of Lo'efshad. You have no option. The only option to benefit the Begit is what? To spread it out. And over here we're saying what? That in a case of Lo'efshad, if his Kavana is to enjoy, to get praises by the guests, it is going to be Asur. So therefore Rabbah brings a proof to what? That again, a case of Lo'efshad, where he's having Kabana, is indeed going to be Asur. Again, the reason why he's hanging it out there, because the guests came over, he wants to show off. Ah, so it's Mitkabin. But it's a case of Lo'ev Shad, he has no choice, because the only way for him to benefit the garment is to spread it out. So the Bab is a proof that what? Lo'ev Shad. Mitkabin is Azur. So the Gemara says, no, that's not the reason why it's Azur. Shani Hatam Dekalela. The reason why it's Azur in that case is not because he's Mitkabin. It's because by hanging it out in front of the guests, you are destroying, you are burning the garment. It is considered stealing. Now, why is it considered burning the garment? So the Gemara says, Because of Aynara. When you show off that garment in front of the guests, they're going to give the Aynara to it. They're going to give the evil eye to it. And what happens to a garment that has the evil eye on it? It gets destroyed. So it's got nothing to do with Kavana. The reason why you can't do that is when there's guests putting their eyes on it, you are actually destroying the Aveda, which is Asur. 
because of thieves. What do you mean thieves? Now that these guests see that you have this garment, uh, they'll come back one night and steal it from you. So it's got nothing to do because you had kavana. Nothing to do with kavana. The point is that when you're not allowed to show it in front of the guests, lest the garment become stolen. Now the Gemara goes in its last proof. Actually, this Gemara is going back to the first version of the Gemara's discussion with Hana'ah and Eshar and Lo'efshar. Let's read the proof and let's see. It's actually a question that's going to refute the first version. Tashema, come and listen. Now this is a discussion of Sha'atnez. Now we know by Sha'atnez one is allowed to wear wool and linen with kabanat to enjoy it. Now for that matter it's forbidden even to place it on one's shoulders if he is intending to have hana'ah. But it is permissible let's say for those people that sell garments to wear the garment even though it has Sha'atnez or to place it over their shoulders because their kabanat is not to benefit from the garment. So the kabanat says, Tashema mochre kesu. The sellers of suits. They're able to sell the suits in the normal way, meaning they could wear them. They could place it over their bodies. So long as they don't benefit, they don't have intention to benefit in the sun, to protect them from the sun. Or in the rainy season to protect them from the rainy season. Okay, so long as they're not having kabanat to be nene, it is permissible. However, the Gemara says that sinu'in mafshilin ne'achorehen bemakel. The people that are mahmid in mitzvot, they don't even want to do that. They put these clothes on a stick, and they place the stick over their shoulder, and the clothes are hanging on the stick, so the clothes don't even touch their body. Oh, so now the Gemara analyzes. Now in this case, obviously it's a case of ifshad. You don't have to wear the garment on your back. You're able to place it on the stick like the tzinu'im. So we would classify this case as a ifshad case. And we're seeing over here that one doesn't matter. Even if the guy's wearing it on his back, so long as he doesn't have kavana, it is mutar according to everybody. Meaning, it is mutar. Meaning, according to the Bishma'on that says, Dabar she'en mitkaven, it would be mutar. This case of Sha'anez, incidentally, is going according to the Bishma'on. So what do we see according to the Bishma'on? The Bishma'on is holding that in the case of Dabar, where guys are having kavana, even in a case where it's ifshar, Meaning, like in this case, you could have put it on the stick, it is mutar. So the Gibra says, This is a question according to the first version of Rabbah. Why? Because according to the first version of Rabbah, the first version said that in a case of Ifshar, even Rabbi Shimon will say it is Asur, even if he's not Mitkavin. Because the first version learned, according to Rabbah, that Rabbi Shimon was only Mati by a big bench. No, you have no choice, you can't lift the big bench. But by a small bench, he was Osir on Shabbat because he could lift it. So therefore, in this case, over it's Ifshar, and therefore he was oh, he, he was Osir. And therefore, this is a question on the first version because here it's saying Ifshar, and still it's going to be Mutar. So therefore, the Gemara says, it is indeed a refutation. So again, the Gemara at this point. 
point has refuted the first version of Rabbah that said that in the case of Ifshad, even according to Rabbi Shimon, is going to be Yosef. And here you see by the case of Shahnez, that's not so. This is the case of Ifshad, and still it is permissible for the wearer, to, for the sellers of Shahnez, to wear it over their body. Come, the Gemara continues. We learned in the Mishnah, the Mishnah said that once Hametz becomes Asur, meaning in the sixth hour, it is forbidden to use it to fuel your oven because you're enjoying it. You're having Hana'a. Gemara says, Tanur Banan. We have a Braita. Tanur, you have an oven. Shesiko Beklipe Orla. Let's say you fuel the oven with the peels of the fruits of Orla. Now we learned many times that Orla is a tree that was planted the first three years. The first three years it is indeed Asur. Now not only is the fruit Asur, but even the peels of Orla are Asur. And therefore if somebody fuels an oven with this Isur the oven becomes Asur. Or or for that matter, the stalks, the branches, the stubble of Kilea Kerem, which is also Isur even at the stalk level. And therefore, if he fueled his um, oven with these Isur we have a problem. What's the problem? So the Gemara says, If it's a new oven, we're talking about a clay oven, you have to break it. Why? Because since the custom was, how did they solidify clay ovens? They would burn it at a very high temperature and that would cause the clay to harden and now the oven would become usable. So since they used the Isur to make the oven, so now the oven is considered made the Isur and therefore the Gemara says Yutats, you have no option because a Kli Heres that becomes Tameh or becomes Isur I should say, the only option is to break it. So again, if it was a new oven that they fueled in order to make the oven viable with Isurana, you must break it. Yashan, if it's an old oven, so then already the Gemara says, Yutsan. Meaning, you could use the oven, but you just have to wait for it to cool down in order that you will not benefit from the heat source of the Surana'a. Wait till it cools down, and then you could use it uh, with kosher fuel. So the Gemara says, Let's say when you had the Surana'a, let's say in this old oven, right? You had the Orla in there, or you had the Kileakerin. Okay, if you baked the bread in this oven with kilea kerem or orla afabo etapat, Rabbi Omer, Rabbi says, hapat asura. Rabbi says the bread is going to be asur. Why? Because bottom line, it has benefited from the isur of the orla. It's been heated with isur. And therefore, since it was heated with isur, the bread becomes asur. The rabbis say no. The bread is mutar. Because bottom line, 
they look at it as if that the main heat source is after the Kedem and the Orla becomes ashes. That's when the heat source is really strong. Now once it becomes ashes, it's Mutar Bana'a. So therefore they say the bread has really not been made with Isur. So again, let's review. We have a Mahloket, Rabbi and Chachamim, if they bake bread with this Isur Ana'a. Rabbi says you look at the bread as Isur Ana'a because it benefited from the wood or the fruits of Isur. But Chachamim say no. It's more of the ashes that it benefited from and therefore the bread was not considered Isur Ana'a. So the Gemara says, but if indeed, if indeed you bake the bread over the coals after it became ashes, then everybody agrees it is going to be mutar. So the Gemara says, what do you mean we have a writer that says, Ben Hadash Uben Yashan? Yutsan, the Gemara clearly says that whether it's a new oven or an old oven, all you have to do is cool it off and then reuse it again. Meaning, even on a new oven, you don't have to break the oven. After you made the oven with the surana, that's it, cool it off and now you can use it for other things. What do you mean? We said in this Braita that if it's a new oven, you touch, you have to break it. So the Gemara says, like Kasha. Yeah, I'll say that this is indeed the Mahlok Dina Bin Rabbanan. Rabbi's going to say that what? You have to break the oven. Because bottom line, the oven was made with Isur Hana'a. And the rabbis will come along and say, no, I don't care if the oven was made with Isur Hana'a. I'm not eating the oven. Now, once I put the bread in the next time, so therefore I can eat the bread. So then I'll say that one writer that said, Yutat is Rabbi, that's Mahmir, because the oven was made by Surana'a. And the other Shita is Rabbanan, they'll say, it's okay. So the Gabbara says, no. When did Rabbi Mahmir? That's only when you baked bread in an oven that was fueled at the time with Isur. Because the bread now has in it the Isur of the benefit of the Orla or the Kila Kerem. So in that case, Rabbi was Mahmir. However, in this case, Zebe Zegorem, Misha Matle. The Gebarah says, this is a case over here where the oven was fueled with was fueled with Isurana at its inception. True. The oven was now made viable with Isurana. So what's the problem for me to bake in it a second time? Even the bee will say it's permissible. Why? Because when you bake bread the second time in this oven, I'm using kosher fuel. And therefore that kosher fuel is permissible. And therefore true, it was in an oven that was Isurana'a. This would be the rule of Zebeze Gorem. You have the oven that's Isurana'a, but with kosher fuel the second time you're baking. So therefore even the bee will come along and say, it is indeed going to be mutar. Which means all you'd have to do is what? Yutsan, after you fuel the oven, it's in, in, in its inception with Isurana'a, cool it down. Once you cool it down, now put bread in it with kosher fuel. Mutar, Rabbi was only osir to put bread in the oven while there was Isur in there, meaning it's benefiting from the fuel of Isur. But in this case over here, where the oven was made by Isur, the bee's not going to tell you have to break the oven because you can still use the oven. Why? Because now when I use it the second time, after I cool it off, I'm putting kosher fuel in there. What's fueling my bread and giving it the, the baking of it? Heter. 
Oh, but it's in the oven that's Yisur Hana'ah. This would be considered Zev Ezegorim, which means the oven and the kosher fuel is causing the bread to be baked. We hold Zev Ezegorim Mutar. So therefore the Gebara is saying like this. We had one statement that said, break the oven when it was Hadash. One statement said, no, cool it off. The Gebarah thought to say that the opinion that says break the oven is who? Rabbi. Gebarah saying, no, even Rabbi will tell you you don't have to break the oven. Because Rabbi was only Mahmir when you actually had Isur in the oven at that time where the bread is being baked by Isur. However, in this case, where the oven was just made by Isur, now you cooled it down, now you put new kosher uh, fuel in, it's going to be mutar, because that's all of Zebe Zegorem. So then we're back to the question. Who was the author of the statement that says that a new oven that was fueled by Isur Yutats. We're looking for that. Shita. And that we will continue on tomorrow's daf. Baruch Anu Amen, amen.